Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, here we go. Another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studios in sunny, beautiful, clear sky, Hattiesburg. Luke in uh, downtown Laurel, Kelly and Bob here in Hattiesburg. Dickie's Barbecue sponsors our opening segment as they do every day. It's a great place to have dinner tonight. It's a great place to cater your next event, whether it's large or small. Give the guys at Dickies a call, and we promise you, you will not be disappointed. A little later in the show, we're going to hear from the play-by-play voice of uh, Coastal Carolina, Billy Odom, uh, who we expect will start Saturday for the Golden Eagles out in uh, Carolina. We'll be on the show later. But right now, we're going to go to New Orleans. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com, our go-to professor when it comes to sports. All right, before we get to the Saints, Patrick, I want you to explain to me how Southern Miss can score 15 runs on Sunday afternoon and 48 hours later uh, struggle against midweek pitching at Louisiana Tech? Uh, it, it's college baseball and it happens. Uh, you run into those midweek situations where a guy just comes out there and has his best stuff, and, and that's just the way it goes. But, yeah, one one run at La Tech, only four hits. That's <laughs> that's probably the, mm. the, the roughest part uh, coming out of that. And, and so, yeah, it, it does kind of slow them down a little bit. But, you know, just whenever you think the bats are getting rolling, this happens. Uh, but everything will be forgotten if they go to Coastal Car- you know, get Coastal Carolina with a couple of wins. So, uh, you know, you got Baseball America this morning projecting Southern Miss as a, a 15 seed and a, and a regional host. Uh, the RPI is there, and, and the resume will be there as long as Southern Miss, I think, you know, is right there to win the rate. You know, wins maybe say they're top two. And then they win the conference tournament or they win the regular season title in Sunbelt is strong enough to where that could put Southern Miss in a very good position uh, right. to host another regional. Right. And midweeks are so unpredictable. Eight teams in the top 25 beaten last night, uh, including LSU, right. who lost 8-5 uh, to five to Lafayette. So uh, midweek pitching. Last week, uh, the Golden Eagles lose 13 to nothing in the midweek and, and, <laughs> and, get, and get back in the polls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't really. Yeah, I mean, Armistead, you have to be really encouraged by what he's doing. Uh, the pitching group as a whole, everybody took the mound. Uh, you have to feel a little bit better that the pitching's heading in the right direction. If Adam's kind of a question mark. Right. All right. Uh, we always like to talk to you about the New Orleans Saints. The NFL draft is uh, is just a week away. And uh, so I want you to fill in the blanks. The New Orleans Saints will take blank as their number one draft choice. A defensive end uh, or a defensive lineman. Uh, it's it, last year. I, I think we had more of a focus, at, uh, a better idea of who 
who's going to go with the Saints had two first round picks last year and Olave and Penning were, were generating a lot of buzz as, as the guys that really fit for the Saints. I think uh, sometime uh, maybe early next week or maybe this weekend we'll, we'll start to hear more buzz in terms of connection, con- uh, connecting Saints to, to one player maybe late there in the first round. But uh, that, that's what makes it more uncertain is when we're picking later in the first round, you just don't can't say for sure who all is going to come off the board for them. Uh, but say uh, by, you know, the Robinson, the Texas running back, if he's still hanging around at that point, he makes things a little bit tougher for the Saints. Uh, could they take a running back in the first round? So uh, w- when you've got a late pick there at 29, it's just so uncertain. But I think, you know, three out of four right now, I think the Saints are going to find themselves with a new defensive lineman or a defensive end. Patrick, do you think that when that choice comes, let's say it is a, a D-end or a D-tackle, would it be how deep – the pool is at either position, or is it a particular player or group of players that they specifically want? Do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I think I think defensive end uh, uh, losing Marcus Davenport, who you know was battled injuries, but you know wherever he was on the field, pretty pretty effective. They just need to add more uh, uh, depth on the edge outside of you know a Cameron Jordan. They need somebody else that can make an impact. They have decent depth there coming in. You know, as long as they just add one more guy in, but it just makes sense. Uh, with all the with all the players they've brought in, you know the quarterback question is kind of answered. Uh, you don't have to go super high with at receiver. Uh, with Olave, Shahid was really good uh, whenever he got on the field last season. Michael Thomas is back in the poll, but I think maybe it's in the third round is where the Saints possibly look for another receiver that can be the the heir apparent for Michael Thomas. All right, so if you think it's a D D end, let's suppose that the D end that they wanted isn't there. And there might be yeah. a deeper group of guys at tackle, defensive tackle. Do you think that that's an option? Yeah, easily. I, I think it's kind of. I think the end is kind of the assumed where they would be leaning. But yeah, I think you're right. If if they don't see the quality they want at defensive end, I think they could easily go defensive tackle if they think they have a, a solid get there. Luke, Patrick, what happens if Michael Mayer is available at twenty nine? Uh, you know I. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. I mean, he's somebody that, you know, uh, uh, as a, uh, a tight end, you know, he's somebody that could be a game changer, somebody that could add to the offense. But I think they like where Jawan Johnson is going uh, yeah. at tight end. And, and Troutman, I think we saw a little bit more progression out of him. He was a more complete player this last season. So I don't think they see, see tight end as something they have to address early in the draft. So, I, I you know, it's something they would have to consider. But in the long run, you know, uh, I, I would say that, you know, knowing Dennis Allen, he's a defensive guy, and he sees a need that needs to be addressed. I think all things would point to a defensive end, a defensive lineman. But if, if there's a running back, Robinson out of Texas still there, I think they seriously have to consider that. Yeah, it looks like ESPN, you know, in in that area, um, McShay and, and Kuyper, it, it would be one of two Clemson guys probably. If they go D-tackle, yeah. Brian Breeze, 6'6", 298, out of Clemson, or you know, if they go DN, a guy that that I think will will make a lot of impact. Miles Murphy, he's the third ranked overall defensive end. Make it it, it makes sense. Um, what what other positions are we not looking at that they may you know try to attack you know fourth fifth round or is it just a gamble to that point? You know, uh, that's good. I think it's you know at that point going to the fourth fifth round beyond it's really going to be just you know the best quality i would think i think they they see overall they don't have any areas that are just in dire need uh when you look at it, depth issues 
you want to add another running back, you want another receiver, uh, you would like to have another couple offensive linemen in the draft. There's just a lot of different ways they could go. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, sitting here, I don't think they go high with the, in the secondary. I don't think that's the area they're really worried about. So I think it's just really across the board and uh, whoever's the best available there uh, going into the last, you know, fifth through the seventh round. Their, their picks are that they've got one in the first, one in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, and two in the seventh. That's pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, it's they, coming in, they were kind of worried that they were, you know, but through the, the, the Sean Payton trade, and some other moves they made, it's, it sets up to where they have decent options. Well, they can have a big impact, I would think, with that many early draft choices. Yeah, I mean, what, all the way down, if you have you know two in the fifth, you can you can have somebody that can make an impact with a fifth-round choice. So when you have two hey. fifth-round picks, that's not bad. There's a name, Marcus Colston. He was a, uh, right. a seventh-rounder. So I ask you this every week, last question for me today, who's the number one going to be? I just, you know, I, I the 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 – I'm terrible with names, and I can't give you names off the top of my head, but I would say either one of those Clemson guys. Those are guys I've heard a lot about. And also the defensive end out of Pittsburgh is a little bit – or a defensive tackle, I think, more so. He's kind of I'm a little sorry. bit of an Eric Donald. I ask, I ask it wrongly. Who's going to be number one overall? Number one overall. Oh, okay. Well, I'd say Bryce Young. And who gets – I don't. I hate to admit this, but who – Panthers. Carolina. NFC South. Panthers that, that's why I keep asking because – the number one overall pick is going to impact the Saints, maybe not this year, but, but in the years to come. Meanwhile, the USFL kicked off last weekend. TV ratings up a whopping 4% over last year. And Patrick, the Breakers, victorious in game one. Show of hands, who knew that? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback for the Breakers, McLeod Bethel Thompson, he's got so many names, I might have screwed up one of them. Uh, but he's, he's, he led the, he, he won the great cup last year. Uh, I think it was with the Argonauts. So, I mean, they got a veteran guy at quarterback. So if you have somebody with some success and, uh, that he threw for 300 yards, I think the breakers are probably pretty good on offense, just considering they have somebody that's a little steady there at quarterback. There was actually, you know, like four people in the stands in, in Birmingham with Breaker jerseys on, Patrick, and Mardi Gras beads. I mean, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, yeah, I, I did see the photos they took in the in the crowd shots that they did. I mean, it's it's fairly pathetic. You know, the the Birmingham games are going to get some crowds, but yeah. I just it's just hard for me to watch a football game where nobody's in the stand. Correct. And, uh, uh, and one that, one that, one team owns the New Orleans market. One team. And one yeah, sport, well, yeah. one sports team, overall the baby sports cakes. team. The baby I cakes. think we know who that is. <laughs> hey, Patrick, about fifteen seconds left. Repeat that again. Who who predicted Southern Miss to host, host a regional? Who predicted it? Yeah, you oh, said it was baseball America. Baseball, baseball America, America predicted. So, yeah, but, they had them as a fifteen, and, and UConn was the sixteen. Okay, but you got to so, win this weekend. I mean, you, you know, you got to you got to win these weekend series, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just got to keep on this roll and get good pitching and start hitting like they have here like this last week. They're, they'll be in good shape to host as long as they can just kind of keep pace. All right, we're expecting more details on the breakers next week, Patrick. Hey, the fans tried to do the wave <laughs> this weekend, but since there were only three of them, it was called a microwave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Patrick, thank you, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com. Is... is Kelnack still coming Friday? Kelnack is on his way as we Kelnack. speak, he, following he the just stars. Burned, he just burned one of the jokes, Bob, so one, <laughs> uh, one down. Yeah, I see that. I can tell. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about Coastal Carolina.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. I want to thank Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Always enjoy our Wednesday conversations with the professor down in the Big Easy. And uh, he'll be on the show next week, of course, as well. We'll be a little closer to the draft. When is that, Kelly? The- week from tomorrow night, Thursday okay. night, the 27th. Getting close. That's always fun. Uh, so we want to thank Patrick. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. They're located on Hardy Street. They've got all the Southern Miss apparel you could ever want to choose from. You can uh, shop them seven days a week right there across from the campus, or you can, of course, go online to CampusBookmark.net. We've got a call in to the uh, play-by-play voice of uh, Coastal Carolina, uh, Joe Cantanini, I believe is how you pronounce his name, and weren't able to connect. If uh, if he rings us back, we'll obviously uh, be glad to uh, put him on there. Still to come in the show, our conversation yesterday with uh, new Saturday starter, Billy Odom. And uh, so Coastal Carolina up next for the Golden Eagles. They play tonight against the College of Charleston. And you said that's a program pretty pretty respectable baseball program. It, it has been over the years. You know, they've had some some leaner years earlier on, but, but uh, the past, you know, the past, they're a name that everybody now knows in college baseball, uh, put it that way. All right, here's how unpredictable college baseball is. I'm, I'm going to run down the top 25 teams that got beat last night uh, in college baseball. Number 25, Texas San Antonio loses to Texas State 5-3. Uh, to three. USM, of course, loses 3-1 to one to Tech. Number 23, Oregon loses 10-9 to nine to Portland. Number 22, UCLA loses 12-4 to, to UC Irvine. Number 15, UConn, a 12-3 loser to Northeastern. Number 12, Louisville, a 7-3 loser to Indiana. Number 9, Stanford, a 15-13 loser to Sacramento State. And number 1, LSU, loses uh, to Lafayette 8-5. Somebody make sense of that to me because the Golden Eagles last night, uh, you know, pitching was good. You know, going into the game, Kelly and Luke, you, you would have thought that if there's a problem, it'll be the midweek pitching, but the team's hitting the ball well. Midweek pitching was last night they pitched very well offense a no-show you know two years ago remember the Eagles I think it was two years ago the Eagles struggled with mid- midweek games they seemed to get that cleaned up last year which was a big big precursor to hosting that regional tournament now all of a sudden they've hit this streak again uh, struggling with with midweek games and you really new math or old you would never project that they would explode like they did against uh, the, the team last weekend that came in here. James Madison. Thank you, James Madison. And then go to to Ruston last night and only manage four uh, hits. Hits with not a lot of not a lot of real strong contact. A lot of no. soft contact. Right, right. A lot of fly balls. A lot of ground outs. Too many strikeouts. Uh, <laughs> it's frustrating, but you just have to keep hanging in there. And you know when when Luke was going over the pregame stats yesterday and the the LaTeX starters going out there with a big fat nine and a half ERA. There were probably a lot of Eagle fans that were thinking, "Oh, this is going to be this is going to be a cakewalk, right?" Mm-hmm. I mean, Tech's going to be a pinata. We're just going to sit out there and knock it all over the ballpark, and then they go out and do what they did. So, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do, Luke? Well, I mean, you know, we just in a lot of ways didn't uh, you know hit it right to them. We only struck out three times. Uh, weren't very patient at the plate we only we walked twice so what that tells you is that that tech was pounding the zone and we weren't taking advantage of it and then i mean 
you know, they get two home runs. They get two solo shots. So basically, you don't take advantage and you have two bad pitches. And and that's what that's what got us into trouble. It was Rhodes and Allen. You know, um I'm sorry, Storm. Storm gave up the uh, the second one. Um but yeah, to, to your point, Bob, I mean, and Patrick mentioned this too. I mean, Will Armistead, you got to be thrilled what he's doing right now. They limited him to three innings, and I think it's because they're going to throw him again this weekend. So kind of like, you remember um, how they treated Billy Oldham in the Ole Miss game a few weeks ago? Right. They, they put him out there three or four innings, had him at a pitch count. Will threw 37 pitches last night, so, you know, kind of like a, a bullpen, and they're going to use him next week. But what, yeah, what, what's, what's, you know, just makes you just want to pull your hair out is that it is baseball you didn't commit any errors but i I would have liked them to be a little more patient at the plate last night draw more walks and it seemed as if we were swinging a lot early in the count we're gonna be on the road tomorrow we're gonna be in uh, ellisville and chad kaye is gonna be uh, one of our guests he he needs no introduction on this show a long time uh assistant coach uh, with southern miss former player uh, with Southern Miss, and if I'm not mistaken, at one time was the hitting coach. Am I? Am I? Have I got that right? Before before he left, before to he go left, to Texas A and M. Yeah, he was the, was and, the hitting and now coach he's and recruiting at, coordinator. I think now he's at Jones College, and Jones is uh, he's an assistant coach at Jones, and Jones is one of the top ranked baseball teams in in the MAC. So we look forward to that. Chad's going to be on the show tomorrow. Also looking forward to a uh, uh, barbecue from Luke's favorite place, Hog Heaven. It is uh, good. I'm going to get there in plenty of time uh, for that, I can assure everyone. Well, you guys gave me a different time. You always tell me to That's show up. That's because we want something to eat you know, when we get there. I, I was going to say, you guys always tell me to get there a half an hour after you guys do. So I, now I know why. The last time we had that, I think you took the serving spoon and used that to Well, I didn't know anybody else was coming. I thought the people behind you, you never noticed them, did you? <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm a typical American now, Bob. I'm just out for me, babe. Hey, Bob. <laughs> this is uh, this is live radio, and we love to to do this. If you want to to fire the Oldham interview, we probably can. I just got a text from Joe, and uh, we maybe can can get him on next segment from okay. Coastal Carolina. Well, I'm afraid we don't have time. The interview's longer than the I got than the remainder of the segment, but. Uh, Hopefully we can get a word or two with him a little later in the program. You know, there, there, and, and the, the good news about Louisiana beating LSU last night is we don't have to worry about facing that Louisiana pitcher next year because he will be wearing an LSU uniform Probably next so. year. Yeah, time. and he'll be a wealthy young guy. <laughs> yes, it was he a will. good night, though, really, for the conference. Yeah. Texas State gets the top 25 win, and Lafayette gets the win over the number one team in the country. So, you know, other than Southern Miss losing to La Tech, it was a pretty good night for Sunbelt Baseball last night. And Texas State, you know, started out kind of slowly. We were kind of scratching our heads about how the Bobcats started the season, but they, they seem to have gotten into a, into a rhythm now and are playing much better down the stretch here. It's like Patrick said, guys, all that matters is this weekend. You go out there and win that series and nobody's going to care that you lost. I hate to say that, but it's just true that well, you lost to Louisiana Tech. I mean, Golden Eagles, we, we dropped five last night. We're actually 21 right after the game, back up to 20 um, today. And for Southern Miss, it is just quad one, quad two wins. And, of course, this weekend, because Coastal is 11th um, today, any win you have is a quad one win. You get two of those, and you might actually trade places you know, with, with Coastal. You mentioned, Bob, all those upsets last night. 
I, I found a couple of these last night. There were some upsets in the uh, in the Sun Belt. Arkansas State was beating Ole Miss there for a minute, but ended up uh, lost six to three. Marshall defeated Eastern Kentucky thirteen eleven. UNC Asheville knocked off App State. Troy ten run Jacksonville State. Texas State upset UTSA as you mentioned. So that was a big win for for uh, for uh, the Sun Belt. And uh, and then of, of course Louisiana Kelly uh, in in the battle for the fill in the blank. Oh, a, ATL, the battle of, yeah. for the ATL. It was a football game. Georgia Tech defeated Georgia State 23-8. to But how about the Cajuns last night? How about the Cajuns knocking uh, off you LSU? You think they enjoyed that just, just a little bit? I think between the two schools, the, the people who enjoyed it the most were the uh, the beverage companies that had to probably. stock the coolers. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I, I, I didn't write this down, and I, I may have misread it, but I think Vanderbilt got beat last night, too, if I'm not mistaken. They did. Yeah, they lost yeah. to Indiana State last night. So you know, I mean, how, you you just can't figure these things. Hey, when you think of college baseball, the Indiana State Sycamores are the very first team that should come to your mind, right? They sure do. In a lot of sports, actually, <laughs> yeah. I always think of Indiana State. They lost. Vanderbilt lost ten to two last night. To the yeah, Sycamores. they got beat pretty significantly last night. So I don't. I don't know how you. I don't know how you judge things like that. But I. But I do think you're right now. You're playing for the weekends. You're you're playing to win out every series, and I'm going to believe it when I see it. And I don't want to get ahead of myself on this show, but you know, a lot of people believe now apparently that if the Golden Eagles can win out the series remaining in the conference, would would likely win the regular season if they did that. They're going to host again. I just I just hate to even bring that up. That, that but I mean, even even and, and Kelly, you can comment on this too. Even if you. You want to win two, you want to win the series, sweep would be absolutely incredible. But even if you win one out there, it's basically the same as if you won two at home. So it, it's, you know, the fact is it's a, your RPI is not going to drop. It's probably actually going to improve no matter what happens in Conway. And it is interesting that two weeks ago, not a single mention by anyone of Southern Miss hosting a regional. Correct. And now all of a sudden... It's starting to spread like wildfire. Is that because it's a rumor, or is it because there are people yeah, behind I the think scenes? There are people behind the scenes that well, know things that we don't know. Yeah. Well, one thing too, guys, and and this is politics, and it'll be at the end. But if you don't have, it, it will be hard for me to to imagine that if Southern Miss is in the conversation of fifteen to eighteen, that the NCAA doesn't want to have a regional in the state of Mississippi. I think they probably do. And speaking of Mississippi. Can anybody tell me what is the only ranked team in Mississippi and the highest RPI? I I don't even have to look that up, Bob. I can proudly tell you the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I I had it right on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) We're shameless. And we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the show. And we have located uh, the play-by-play voice of uh, Coastal Carolina. We're going to call him Joe Katz because we, like everybody else apparently that knows him, cannot pronounce his last name. And we're going to have him uh, 
We're going to have him on the show here in just a couple of moments. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Look, if you want to catch every game this weekend, I guarantee you it'll be on the TV at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And if you want to catch us, we're going to be down there along with the magnificent Kelnack uh, Friday at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Catfish Friday, so come eat some of really the best catfish you'll ever taste in your life. And uh, and uh, you can meet Kelnack. Hump may be there as well. We don't know. It's uh, Turban and all, Kelnack. Turban and all. It could, uh, could be very, very exciting. All right, we're going to get Joe Katz on here in just a moment. Uh, of course, the Golden Eagles will be heading out tomorrow to go out to Coastal Carolina. Huge weekend series against uh, really the one and two teams uh, in the league. Billy Odom, who is a transfer pitcher from Connecticut, will play a big role in the weekend series. He'll be the pitcher Saturday, we anticipate. Great kid that uh, has really helped the Golden Eagles this year. Had a chance to talk to him this week at practice about Moving from Connecticut to Mississippi and becoming a Golden Eagle. Billy Odom on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Billy, you are from Connecticut. Uh, you, you came here uh, this year. Uh, you're a long way from home. What has the change been like for you? Yes, sir. Uh, very long way from home, but uh, been very welcoming here. Everyone, everyone's been so nice. I mean, having so many fans at the game is awesome, and all of my teammates have welcomed me very well. I uh, really love the coaching staff here. Oz has been great. Um, working with all the pitchers and Keller helps out with the analytical side of that so a lot um, being here is it's far from home but I feel like I've been accepted very well and I, and I like it. What is your impression of the culture the fan base and Southern Miss baseball in general? It's it's even more than I could have expected I was told uh, by the teammates that just wait till opening weekend it's going to be crazy just wait just wait and uh it, it was everything I expected and more. The amount of people that show up, the the roost has always got people and making food. And when my parents have come down for two weekends and everyone talks to them and they're so welcoming and it's just a great culture, a great uh, atmosphere to play in. I couldn't I couldn't ask for anything more. Now you pitched in a national championship game last year. It doesn't matter what level. It doesn't matter national championships or national championship. Relive that a little bit and tell us how you think that helped prepare you to uh, be so effective at the D1 level. Yeah, that was you know, one of my best experiences on the baseball field for sure. Um, it was uh, my team last year was, you know, a great, great, great scene, great team. We could hit the ball, we could pitch and uh, basically dominated most of the whole year. And so having it just helps with confidence, I'd say um, being able to pitch in big games and having experience there is just a confidence builder, knowing that, you know, the hitters may be better. I mean, I faced some really strong lineups last year of guys that uh, a lot of teams we play last year were guys that were at the division one level and didn't quite get the opportunity. So they go down to division three level. And I mean, that happens a lot here with Juco, I've been told. So it's basically what, what I've been facing. And now that these guys are facing established D1 hitters, D1 lineups. Um, I just know that I've gotten guys out that are the same caliber at times, and so I know that uh, if I go to go into every outing thinking it's the best lineup I've ever faced, just got to be my best. It's what helps me, uh, you know, stay my sharpest. Like Tanner Hall came last year from, from midweek to the weekends, and obviously that story has yeah. been well documented. Uh, you had your first weekend start, and you were lights out. You had to be a little frustrated, though, to have it stopped because of lightning yeah that was unfortunate but uh we knew we knew the weather was coming we wanted to get as many innings in as we could and the fact we got six in was you know i was happy with that wanted to, wanted to keep going was that only about 70 pitches thought i could have kept going but whatever you know 
we were able to get the win. Will came in and did his thing, got 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 at the last three, finished it, and then the offense exploded like we know it can at times, and uh, got the win. So uh, you know, I'll take six innings, and when we get the win, that's all. That's all I really care about. When you're in the zone like you were this weekend, and clearly you were. How much of that is mental? Uh, you've always got the physical ability, obviously, or you wouldn't be here. But mentally, it, w- it was like you were totally locked in. Yeah, it's definitely mental. Uh, pitching is one of the most mental things you can do as a as an athlete, I feel like. Coach Oz tells us that all the time, that it, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have the physical abilities. Um, everyone on the team can do it. It's just a matter of having the mental ability, the mental focus to, to repeat your mechanics, to repeat pitches, to demand uh, demand hitting spots that you know you can because everyone's capable of it it's just a matter of doing it and like you said it is extremely mental and and being able to con- just consistently go and repeat repeat what you know and what you've practiced is is what makes you know the success come easier all right scale of one to ten ten being really good uh how much fun are you having as a southern miss golden eagle i'm having a 10 i was you know had so much fun when I first got here with met all the guys and didn't know what to expect didn't know who I was going to become close with but I knew Isaiah already and I knew that he was he's a great uh, a great guy and hilarious and he met me introduced me to everyone and just gotten along very well with pretty much everyone on the team and it's just been a great experience the the baseball's been fun the friends have been awesome so I just can't uh, glad I think I made the right choice you're okay with the food the weather and the atmosphere here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, thanks, my man. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right, that's Billy Odom. We expect him on the mound Saturday when the Golden Eagles take on Coastal Carolina. Joe Katz is the play-by-play voice of Coastal. And, uh, Joe, uh, Tanner Hall, Billy Odom, whoever else is on the mound uh, facing a real a team that could really swing the bat in Coastal Carolina. Yeah, thanks for having me. No doubt about it. I mean, you, know, you see the numbers, obviously, you know, on, on the stat columns as it relates to NCAA, not just the Sun Belt. That's not necessarily surprising to me uh, in the fact that you know, year after year we turn out a, you know, a competitive team and a team that has a chance to compete in a regional and maybe even host one like uh, the situation we're in now. I think the big surprise to me this year is that well, pretty much our entire starting roster, including our weekend rotation and uh, all seven of the nine starting uh, players position-wise from last year are not here. So it's a whole new uh, round of fresh faces, and it's taking a little while to, to get to know them. But, boy, I mean, uh, day after day, we have this um, relentless, selfless sort of way. Uh, as that's our themes as far as the way we go about our business, and I would say they have lived up to that standard above and beyond uh, where we're at right now. Big series for both schools, first place on the line in the uh, regular season uh, race right now, possible uh, leg up on, on hosting a regional baseball tournament. Is there a buzz there on the campus? or w- What's the vibe in Coastal Carolina about the Golden Eagles coming in? Well, I would expect uh, you know, the place to be rocking definitely tomorrow night. Um, I do know that there's some rain that's supposed to come in Saturday. I'm not sure when. They kind of keep pushing it back, bumping it up. Uh, so it's a line of storms. It should be in and out of here. Uh, but when that uh, comes, it still uh, remains to be seen. So, you know, that might put a little bit of a damper Saturday afternoon into the evening. Uh, but no doubt, I mean, we've got, and I know you all have well, some of the best uh, fans and uh, some of the best facilities and environment in all college baseball. I would say having been through the Sunbelt circuit a couple of times now uh, since uh, us joining in 2017, uh, Louisiana probably, uh, you know, amongst the tops, uh, and then uh, we're, we're right there, and uh, you know, our you know, ball, ballpark is beautiful. Uh, it's it's going to be great weather tomorrow night, so I expect a, a packed house. Luke? 
Joe, thanks so much for coming on. Let's let's dive into uh, some of the shots. And and by the way, we we the first time that we had Kevin Davis on, we said the Chanticleers, and we got corrected real quick. Uh-oh. So uh, we're we've we've corrected that. But batting wise, three seventeen. You guys run as well, forty six stolen bases. But the OPS for me. Uh, you got four guys and a fifth right there. It just seems as if uh, the Chanticleers can can hit in every part of the lineup. We're never out of it. Uh, Sunday, we're in the uh, split rubber game against Old Dominion on the road. Uh, our shortstop, Ty Dooley, who wasn't even started to be our starting shortstop at the beginning of the year, he stepped in that role uh, in a big way over the course of the last several weeks. Struggled a bit over the last ten games. Steps up uh Top of the 10th, first pitch he hits out of the ballpark uh, over the wall in right center field. He did that earlier this year at home in a midweek game against uh, Wake Forest in the bottom of the 7th to break open a tie. So you're right. You just never know uh, where it's going to come from. And I think that's the dangerous part of our team. We can uh, you know, mix and match uh, as far as, as you said, run the bases. It starts at the top of the order. Uh, we've got a kid, Peyton Eels. He's amongst the Sun Belt best average-wise. Uh, on-base percentage, stolen bases. This is a kid from Georgia that was uh, in the running for Georgia High School Player of the Year. Only problem is he's five foot nothing, a hundred nothing pounds. Looks a little bit beefier now that he's in his grad year. We found him in Ohio uh, playing Division Two baseball, and now he's leading the Sun Belt Conference, or at least in the top three in batting average and stolen bases. So when you make a find like that, uh, and, and then it just kind of you know, trickles down beyond that, it's just unbelievable. Graham Brown has really turned it on. He's one of those returning position players from last year. I think he leads the conference in doubles. I uh, was a national uh, player of the week a couple weeks back. Uh, so, I mean, it just doesn't matter up and down. And you look through the stat uh, sheet and the box scores, uh, we're never out of it. And that's the exciting yeah. part. There are multiple times throughout the course of this season where I said, all right, we're finally, I mean, we've only lost back-to-back games twice, and that was all the way back in February. Uh, so there are multiple times this year I said, all right, this is the time the wheels are going to kind of fall off. We're going to have to hit the reset <laughs> button. And, boy, they have surprised me in a big way, so I no longer have that mindset in my head. Yeah. About 10 seconds left in this segment. Joe Katz of the play-by-play voice for Coastal is going to hang over graciously and spend this last uh, segment with us on the Eagle Hour. Uh, Bob and Kelly, uh, he, he mentioned some of those guys. It's a law firm, okay? Bodine, Bender, Beach, Brown, and Bourne. And they're all batting <laughs> over 300 for the Chanticleer. Uh, the killer bees. Yeah, we're going to continue our conversation with Joe Katz, other side of the break. Quick reminder, Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast available all the time on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and she will. More with Joe Katz out on the East Coast as we await this big weekend series. Next on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this middle Wednesday of the week from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. You're listening to Eagle Hour, Luke, Bob, and Kelly. Right now, we're talking uh, Coastal Carolina baseball, but Southern Miss men's tennis taking on Coastal Carolina right now in the opening round of the Sunbelt Championships. It's live on ESPN+. Plus. So Eagles and Chanticleers right now in men's 
Tennis Fourth Segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. We continue with Joe Katz, the play-by-play voice of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. All right, Joe, um, batting, unbelievable. 317 as a team, uh, 63 home runs. Pitching's been a, an adventure, you guys, right now with a 6 ERA. Uh, and, and that's where the Eagles last night, uh, only, only managed four hits, but it seems like the pitching has been something that's been improving for Coastal. Tell us a little bit about who's going to be on the mound. Yeah, there's no doubt our staff has improved over the last couple of weeks. So we've had some injuries early on. Again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of newcomers, fresh faces, guys who haven't really, uh, thrown a lot of this level. Uh, but even the transfers that came in, I mean, we've got a transfer from uh, Miami, a uh, transfer from uh, the West Coast, uh, Fullerton. Uh, they just have never thrown you know, extended time at, at the college level. So we're figuring that out. Uh, I would say first, the, the ERA, I mean, maybe you'll agree, maybe not. Uh, and I hate throwing my SID and the others under the bus. Uh, but an error when I was coming up playing baseball, a little bit different these days as compared to what an error is considered uh, on the on the stat sheet in the box score. I keep my own separate category for plays I think that should be made. And I, I consider them errors. So now that might flash up and be a little uh, over-exaggeration as far as our pitchers who have gotten a bad rap on that. Uh, you know, ground ball to second base on two hops just because it was hit hard doesn't mean it's an error. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean it's a hit. I mean, it's an error. <laughs> and uh, if you take a closer look to that, you probably see that across college baseball, which is why there are bloated uh, earned run averages for you know, pitching staffs. But uh, to your question, Opening uh, weekend rotation uh, has been pretty much the same for the first two guys. Uh, Matt Potok, a sophomore, 6'2", uh, 6'3", Jackson, New Jersey. He threw in the midweek last year. He was sort of a middle reliever. Uh, he's dealt with some uh, arm soreness early on. We're getting his pitch count up. But he'll likely go tomorrow. We've got a 6'8 freshman, uh, Jacob Morrison, uh, who has been lights out, uh, pitched seven strong innings at Old Dominion uh, last weekend. And then that Sunday roll has kind of been a mix and match and plug and play. Uh, lately, Jack Billings has really answered the call for us, uh, and uh, every time he seems to take them out on a Sunday, we seem to pick up wins. Uh, so those are likely the three starters for the weekend. Uh, we do have a midweek game today. Uh, because of all the travel issues that have been going on across the country, College of Charleston couldn't get back from their weekend series until yesterday morning. So we bumped the, the game to today, uh, so I'm interested to see, I'm sure, a staff day uh, all together because uh, we want to line up, obviously, our best against uh, you all this upcoming weekend. And then in the back end, Teddy Sharkey has been our closer. Uh, he's emerged as one of the top prospects, uh, I would think, uh, in the bullpen uh, on any roster in college baseball. He bulldogged his way through uh, three-plus innings in Sunday's game uh, to pick up the win and uh, set us up for the series win over ODU in extra innings. Final question, Joe. You say you've got a lot of new faces. How much of, of the team uh, has new faces because of draft, graduation, and the transfer portal. How have you guys dealt with all that? Well, our entire weekend pitching staff, uh, whether that was either drafted or they are now pitching in the ACC. Uh, our Friday guy, uh, Reed Van Scooter from last year, got drafted in the upper, uh, the early rounds for Seattle. Saturday guy, Mike Knorr, uh, was drafted by the Astros. And then our Sunday guy, uh, after he shoved against Virginia in the, uh, in the regional last year up at East Carolina, uh, they plucked him. And he's now their Friday guy. Uh, he's a grad student, Nick Parker. Uh, so our entire weekend rotation uh, is gone. Uh, and I would say, as far as the, the bullpen is concerned, that was our Achilles heel a, a bit last year. I think it was overshadowed uh, by great starting pitching. Uh, position-wise, two years ago we lost our catcher. Uh, he, he was in the running for uh, SEC Player of the Year last year at Florida, uh, B.T. Ryapel, and our third baseman, Dale Thomas. He graduated in three years. He's from Florida. 
always wanted to be a Gator, and uh, they plucked him from us after last season as well. So we're missing our uh, third baseman, our catcher from two years ago, and our entire uh, weekend rotation. Well, we lost a pitcher to Florida. They probably have one of the highest-paid teams in college baseball right now, don't they, Joe? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a, they're like a Sunbelt All-Star team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so wrong. That, that That's a conversation for another interview, and maybe we can get you back uh, for that one. But, look, we're looking forward to it this weekend. Excited to come play such a quality program uh, as Coastal, and uh, hopefully we have a good weekend of baseball. Hey, thanks for the time, guys. All right. Uh, Joe Katz, everybody. A uh, play-by-play voice of uh, of uh, Coastal Carolina. You know, guys, I, I don't – it's just dead horse at this point. But it's so wrong that these schools come in and buy players off of the uh, schools like Coastal and Southern Miss. Well, something has to be done. You don't have to recruit anymore. No, you just well, get out the checkbook. And, and look right. at the stat sheet. Oh, let's go buy yeah. that guy. Let's it, buy, so, buy that it's guy. It's so wrong. It's so wrong. Go ahead, Luke. If, you say something. If somebody, uh, nobody would ever have tried to pluck me as a punter, but if they would have, I would have sent them uh, a Southern Miss hat, and uh, I would have sent them an autographed uh, WDAM sticker with, with, with you guys' autographs on it. There you and, go. I uh, told them to have yeah. a nice life. Well, it should, you know, the World Series should come down to Florida and LSU because clearly they are the, they are the, professional teams of college baseball. Eagles going to take them out in a super regional, guys. Come on. Yeah, I hope you're right. All right, Coastal Carolina this weekend. We're in Ellisville tomorrow. Chad Kaye will join us. Interesting to hear what he has to say. Also, Cliff Russell. going to be a great show. We're looking forward to being there with those wonderful folks in Jones County. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Slipping, slipping into the Talk Mississippi Media Production.